1: I was surprised by just how often coups take place, specifically in Africa, but other places too. But Africa has seen a lot of them. Um, and, and the outcome you know, typically you think of a coup as being a strictly negative thing, and quite often it is, but but not always. There's a lot here. I think we'll learn a few things. Now, as for the situation in Niger, uh, been almost a month now, I think it was July 26th, if I remember, since the military coup that ousted President Mohamed Bazoum. In the days that follow the coup, if you remember, there was a block of African countries that issued an ultimatum. Put him back in power and get out, or we're going to intervene. Militarily, if we have to. But they haven't. Now, there are sanctions that are in place, but the military government's still in place, too. So so where do we go? And like I say, there's a lot of examples we can look to that might give us some possible answers. To get some understanding of what's going on, we're going to speak with Dr. Sebastian Elishar, who's an associate professor of political science at the University of Florida, who has studied coups extensively. Doctor, thank you for being here. I appreciate your time. Hi, good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Now, the situation in Niger, it's quite common, really, to have a military coup, right, uh, for that country, and certainly that part of the world. This is not all that unusual, is it? That West
0: Africa... In the world where most military coups have occurred, um, military coups, even in West Africa, have become somewhat rare since the early 1990s, but they still occur... Uh, one reason why the current coup surge occupies the media so much at the moment is because we haven't really seen a whole series of coups in, in a certain location of, of the world uh, for a long, long time. So over the course of the last two to three years, West Africa has seen somewhere between five to seven coups and various coup attempts. So this is very concerning and somewhat reminiscent of
1: the 1960s and 1970s. Yeah, I mean, it really is remarkable how often it has been happening. Now, in your studies, you found that these coups typically have two outcomes, right? Following a coup, it usually goes one of two ways, right? What are those ways?
0: Uh, yeah. So uh, what, what we find in our research is that um, coups either lead to militaries withdrawing from powers and democratically elected civilians taking over. Or they lead to elections, which the military rig in favor of a junta candidate. So, so this notion that you have a military coup and then there is military dictatorship—that's very much something like pre-1990.
1: So, in some cases, these coups actually are a doorway to democracy. Then, right? If they if they actually step in and you know order elections and then leave, um, it's it's all, it's a positive thing in that sense.
0: Uh, in in a number of cases this this has occurred um, however, what we have seen even in cases where the military does not rig the post coup election um, the military returns to power within a decade or a decade of a half so so they might lead to de- <laughs> democracy is not unfortunately increasing with coups, and, and that that applies to independently of what the post coup elections
1: look like. What what goes into the determination? I guess it's it's ultimately the goal of the overthrowing force, right? Like, what are the what are the factors that uh, go into which way it might end? Okay, yeah, Sarah, I'll throw it on hold if you want to see if you can sort out what's going on with uh, with the doctor's line there. Um maybe we can get that fixed. I don't know. That one sounds sounds pretty bad. Um 78049600634039748255. Those are the phone numbers. And again, we, we're trying to wait and see exactly what the situation is going to be in Niger because the deadline for the military um occupying force to get out has long passed. You know, and E, what's it called, Iwakis, I think it's called. It's a group of um, West African nations that had said, we're going to step in and intervene, and we will restore the democratically elected president. If we have to use military, we will. So everybody was concerned that this might spill into a much larger conflict. Hasn't happened yet. Um, there are some economic sanctions that are in place, and there's also been a number of uh, pro-military force Protests that have taken place in the community, and there's been a bunch that have, you know, been in opposition. So it's a really, it's a fascinating study. And like I say, when you take a look at all of the examples that you can go through, and there's dozens that have taken place in that part of the world. This is a pretty common way to see governments change in Africa, uh, far more than I ever expected. And then it was also, I mean, here's just a list of some have taken place in the last few years. Mali has seen two. August of 2020 and May of twenty one, Chad, Guinea, Sudan, Burkina Faso had two in January and September of 2022. Um, there's been a bunch of them, as I say. So uh, let's try Dr. Sebastian Ellisher again, see if the line's a bit better. Doctor, thank you. Uh, sorry about that. We were only catching every second or third word by the end there. I appreciate you calling back no problem sorry for the hiccup no problem i mean it's technology it's it's what happens we (laughs) we all know um so we were just talking about what the determining factors are and why um, ultimately a coup can go one way or the other and there's there's four you've identified right
0: um so so the the most important factor that we identified in our study and our study looks at uh, coups globally that have occurred since the end of the Cold War, so since 1990. And what we really found is the most critical factor is th- the positionality of the junta within the military at large. So, what the junta needs to achieve in order to remain in power long term is together the support of the armed forces at large. We do know that coups are staged by a small subsection of the military and this is also what has occurred all across West Africa recently. So the, the critical variable is whether those whether that subsection of the armed forces that stages the coup manages to gain the support of the military at large. Uh, that, that's the most critical factor. Another critical factor, although less important, is what citizens do, whether citizens take to the streets yeah. to demonstrate against the coup makers, or whether citizens remain passive. And
1: we've seen in Niger, we've seen some shows of support, actually, in the streets, right, the, uh, of of the new military junta. That's right. So, So, in Niger at the moment,
0: the situation is unclear, and we'll have to observe very carefully. Um, whether those democratic forces that we thought were very strong in the country uh, will take to the streets and will protest against the possibility that the junta will stay in power that 's something that we 've observed in some countries like Guinea for example, but that 's something that we 're clearly not seeing in 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 Mali so currently it's it's unclear
1: which way Niger will go. Um, Interestingly, though, we we, we talk about the other African nations threatening military intervention. We know there are economic sanctions, but it sounds like from your work, it's the internal forces that will decide this. The external pressures and forces really aren't as big of a factor.
0: So in, in, in the individual case studies that we did, we found that external factors overall matter less however they matter increasingly over the course of the last few years now now in other countries like Mali or Burkina Faso ECOWAS and outside powers have mattered less because they didn't really impose sanctions. That's very different in Niger right now. Yeah. So so ECOWAS really put down the hammer and uh, and imposed sanctions. And as Niger is a landlocked country, this has a huge effect on trade and it has a huge effect on the well-being of its citizens. So it's a very different situation from the situation that we saw in Mali or Burkina Faso.
1: Yeah, it is fascinating. Doctor, thank you so much for your insight. I appreciate you being with us today.